It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Shoots and scores! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot! You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide. Brought to you by Coors Light. Scores! 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 Logan Couture wins it in overtime! Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Off. Stick handling to center ice, boots to the Sharks' blue line. Normally, Nicholas Backstrom would be out there right now, but he is injured and not getting any better. So Kuznetsov has been playing. The great eight shoots. He scores! A pass from Carlson to Alex Ovechkin in his patented office, top of the left circle. And boy, what a release. It gets by Aiden Hill with a flash, and it is a 2-0 Capitals lead, a power play goal for Ovechkin. That is career goal number 743. Uh, common threads, I don't know. Uh, we talked about in between periods of you know, sticking around the blue and, and uh, cementing ourselves a little bit more around the uh, crease. There was definitely some rebounds and opportunities there. Uh, a couple times we flew by the blue, we didn't quite stop our feet. Uh, you know, it's tough to critique. I mean, we've, we miss a couple great chances. I mean, Cooch had one where we missed the net. He was trying to go to the top corner. Uh, Bonesy had one backdoor tap in. Um, you know, and, and give Samson off some credit. He made a lot of big saves as well. I think, um, yeah, the only thing you can do is you got to go back to the well and you got to keep putting pucks to the net. You know, we only, I think we only produced 21, 22 shots tonight. Uh, and saying that, we didn't give up much either. So, um, you know, was, was, I thought we played a pretty pretty hard game and uh, uh, we just couldn't get that bounce. And it's tough when you're not scoring goals and, you know, um, tough to win hockey games one nothing in this league. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. That was a frustrating game last night for a number of reasons, and I think it just gave you overall more of a realistic view of what the San Jose Sharks are at this point, and that is a team that can compete with just about anyone, but they're not going to beat just about anyone. That's why they were thoroughly defeated by the Capitals last night even though they played a pretty decent game. You know, I thought that they didn't make any egregious errors. They were not skated off the ice or anything like that. But the difference between the two teams was that when the Sharks made a mistake, the Capitals were able to pounce on it and take advantage and put things in the back of the net or create opportunities. When the Caps made a mistake, the Sharks were not able to do the same. And I always try to read the room. Like, that's... One of the things that I think from my literal lifetime of being around sports has allowed me to do pretty well. Um, You know, it's going to post-game press conferences since I was like seven years old with my dad. And when I watch the San Jose Sharks last night, I was seeing a team, in my opinion, that looked to me like reality was kind of setting in. And I don't mean that in a negative, but it was like, okay, it's no longer a team that had a nice start. And it's no longer a team that had a good run dealing with a COVID absence. All of a sudden, you are 17 games into the season. You're eight wins, eight losses, and one overtime loss. 
and you're past the hot start, you're past the COVID difficulties, and now maybe this is just a realization of what you are right now and what deficiencies you need to take care of if you want to be a better team in this league and in this division most specifically. And I think for the Sharks, yeah, they've had some tr- struggles earlier this year and that were not necessarily of their design. There was nothing they could do to have seven regulars out due to COVID. That was not on them. That's just the reality of the world we're living in right now. It didn't help, but they weathered that storm. And right now they have a very, very difficult stretch of scheduling that they need to weather, in my opinion. But it's not just about weathering. It's about finding a way to succeed in light of the difficulties that you are being tasked with. And for the Sharks right now, they are having a lot of trouble with some of the difficulties they're being tasked with. I mean, the power play is not really finding the back of the net right now. The overall offense is not getting things going right now. I mean, there are consistent struggles that we're seeing with the Sharks, the offense, and obviously the power play. And those two things go hand in hand. And I think that this team right now is looking for answers. They're waiting for a guy like Benino to have the damn break, and hopefully he'll start putting up some points. And, you know, I didn't think Eric Carlson had a great game last night, and I didn't think that... Brent Burns had a great game last night, but you can't just have great performances leading to wins. You need to be able to win as a collective unit. You need to have guys step up. Yeah, again, the Kevin LeBanc suspension, another situation where you didn't that didn't help things last night, but that's going to happen. You're going to have guys get suspended over the course of the year. I don't think there's any surprise in that. It's just the fact that the Sharks have not been able to thrive in light of circumstance. They've been able to survive in light of circumstances they've been presented with, but it's time for them to thrive and maybe overperform to what we expected from them. And maybe that was what we saw with the 4-0 start to the season where they were definitely playing above their heads. But when you play above your head, it's still indicative, at least in my opinion, of at least something that you can do. It's not the normal, but you've got to be abnormal. You've got to play better than what you are. And you know, it's two straight games where you've gotten pretty good performances from your goalies as well. And I thought they were, you know, the third goal last night was a bad bounce for Hill. That wasn't really on him. And then the fourth goal obviously was an empty netter. But you you keep the caps in a two-nothing game or a two-goal game through two periods. You need to provide some offensive support. You need to get yourself into that game. And the fact that the Sharks had multiple power play opportunities, one of them a four-minute power play and also another situation where they had a five-on-three, you have to be able to take advantage of that. You have to be able to score those goals. You have to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. It's just a simple matter of execution, and we are not seeing that total execution across the board for the San Jose Sharks. And listen, I get it. This team is not as talented as Washington, but if you're going to stay in a game with Washington, then you've got to put the pressure on them. If you're only going to give up two goals to Washington through two periods— you've got to make that a 2-1 game or a 2-2 game. You've got to be in it. You've got to be asking questions to them. You've got to be getting more shots on net. And I think that just across the board, whether it was on the power play in which they looked a little hesitant last night, and I'm not really sure why, or just on offense overall where they were not as, they're just not in sync right now. I think that's what it comes down to. And I don't know if that's the result of the separation of lines and things being shaken up due to the COVID outbreak or what it is, but there is a lack of continuity for the Sharks right now on the ice. And you just see guys not looking completely comfortable, at least not as comfortable as they did look earlier in the year. And yeah, I mean, they come out and they have a great performance against Calgary and then they struggle against Colorado and then they struggle against St. Louis and then they struggle against the Washington Capitals last night. I mean, there's, 
There's no explaining it other than there is a lack of consistency. And the consistent inconsistency with the San Jose Sharks right now is something you can relatively rely on, or at least something you can relatively rely on up to this point of the year. And again, it just felt last night after the game like reality was setting in for these guys. Like, okay, this is what we are. This is what we have to deal with. And this is what we need to try and figure out over the next couple of games. However, it's certainly not a, a simple task for them to get through. And it's certainly not something that is, you know, that's what every coach has paid big, big money across the NHL for. They've got to figure this out. They've got to put their team in a position to win. And, I, and I'm not saying that Bob Bugner is not doing that because I think Bob Bugner is doing the right things with the team. And that's, that's what you saw last night as the Sharks played a relatively clean, disciplined game. And I thought they kept to their game. It just wasn't good enough against Washington. And so for Bob Bugner, the task for him is then to figure out if you can't beat Washington, at least on a night when they're playing relatively well, even though I thought the Sharks, you know, they, they limited their opportunities for Washington. They did not play bad defense. But if you're going to have a team like Washington, which is, in my opinion, clearly better than you, like you saw with Boston, like you saw with Colorado, then what can you do in the other games where you do have an opportunity to win? And they maximized against Calgary, I'll give them all the credit in the world for that one. But, you know, could they have played a little bit better against St. Louis? I think they may have been able to. And, you know, could they have played a little bit better in, in your other games earlier in the year? You know, the, the Nashville is one that stands out to me. And you think maybe they could have. But right now, it's a matter of looking forward, not looking back. Because, like I said, the 3-2-1 and one stretch when you were impacted by COVID, that's behind you. The 4-0 and start, that's behind you. And now you have 65 games left in this regular season to which you can really define yourselves, define your team, define your style, while also taking steps and building blocks towards the future. And for the Sharks, they need to figure it out fast because I think the other reality check that's happening in light of what has happened over the past few games is they're starting to realize, uh uh-oh, this has the opportunity to get away from us like last year did. And I don't think they're there yet. And I think that the fact that they're 8-8-1 at this point is a good thing. And honestly, if you had told me at the start of the season, and I know I overuse this term, the the tell me at the start of the season, but you know, if you come to me on October 15th and say, hey, after 17 games, the Sharks are 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, I don't think I would have been upset. I don't think I would have been happy. I think I would have said, yes, that completely jives with my expectation of this team. This is a middling team based on what we saw last year and based on the level of talent and based on what they have been able to do. They have not proven themselves to be an upper echelon team or a team where the sum is greater than the whole. I I think that right now they are just a team that looks like they are going to be around 500. And I think we have to expect relative play around 500 until they prove us wrong, until they show us otherwise that this is an aberration as of late. You know, you can look at the trends this year. There's been, you know, hot stretches. There's been cold stretches, but mostly it's been back and forth wins and losses and wins and losses where they have not established themselves as a dominant team. You know, this is what we're going to expect from the San Jose Sharks this year. This is what I have expected from the Sharks this year. And this is what I'm going to continue to expect unless they prove me wrong. I definitely think they're capable of proving me wrong. I definitely think if you get more of that ceiling level play, from a Benino, and you see more of that ceiling-level play from Carlson and a couple of the other guys, if you see LeBanc start to step up, then this team can perform at a higher level. But instead of looking towards the ceiling performance, you have to look at the average performance from a lot of these guys or what you can expect night in, night out. 
And for me at this point, that's equaling a 500 record. But again, I do think they can perform better than that. It's just not what the current trends are. And, you know, you juxtapose the trends with the roster, with the last couple of years, with the ceilings, everything you've been able to see from this team, it doesn't all always add up to what you see on the ice in one game versus the next. But you try to make sense of it all, and that's why the sensible big picture take on this team is to view them as a relatively 500 team, that they're going to win some, they're going to lose some, and it's not going to swing too far to one end of the spectrum. They're going to be around 500. And I'm not unhappy with that, but that's not enough usually to get you into the playoffs, and that's not enough to really make the fan base as engaged, and you want to be in the hunt. You want this team to be in the playoff hunt. You want them to be thinking about making a run into the playoffs and figuring things out. And I'm not saying that there's nothing to be said for a year where you don't make the playoffs, because as we said early in the year, this is a team that might do better to have a higher draft pick in this year's draft, which we or this upcoming draft, which we view as relatively deep. But again, that doesn't do a whole lot for the fan base. And when you're competing with the Bay Area and the relative competition of sports in the Bay Area, as well as everything else that competes for your entertainment dollars, it's better to be good. It's better to be winning. It's better to have guys in the MVP conversation. It's better to have guys that are having career years. It's better to have guys that do perform above their head and give you a compelling and competitive product to pay attention to night in, night out. But it's a little tough right now, and you are seeing the Sharks going up against very good teams where it is showing you more of a reality of who they are. Yes, they did match up well against Calgary, but the Avs and the Blues and the Caps might give you a better sense of what they're actually as a team. And when you can only judge yourself by measuring yourself against the best. And Washington, when healthy, is a team that I view as one of the top contenders in the East. Just like Colorado, when they're at their best, I view them as one of the top contenders in the West. And now you're going to take on a Carolina team on Monday night where, again, you're going to be asking yourself, do we expect this Sharks team to be as competitive with them as they are against some of the other teams in the league. And on the road against Carolina, you would hope that they do have a better opportunity of posting a win. However, it's not going to be easy because Carolina has proven themselves to be one of the upper echelon teams in the East up to this point of the year. Now, there's plenty of time for that to be proven wrong, and we look at their recent history, and Carolina is a good competitive team. So it's a tough challenge. You know, it's a tough game coming up for the Sharks. And then you look ahead to the game against Ottawa, And you view that as a relatively winnable game. And then on Friday against Toronto, a very, very good team. You're again looking at a stiff challenge. So it's not not getting any easier for the Sharks right now. It's getting difficult and they're in a tough stretch of scheduling. And it doesn't come at the right time, especially when they're at home and they need to find some sort of momentum. But this is what defines you over the course of a season. This is what you need to do as a team to really figure out what you are and what you can do to make yourself a better team. Because I think that's what everyone wants from the Sharks right now. It's not about seeing them as a Stanley Cup contender. It's not about seeing them as one of the powers in the West. It's about seeing them improve from what they've been as of late to something better that's maybe closer to their ceiling. Because I definitely think that they can be better on the power play. I think they can be better five on five. The penalty kill has been good. You know, they've ran into some tough teams as of late, which has scored power play goals. And so I don't judge that as harshly, but they're not bleeding on the penalty kill. So that's something that I look at as a positive. But when I sit down and when I look at the Sharks, I see a team that has room for improvement. 
and room for improvement is a good thing. I, if they were playing at their ceilings and losing like they have as of late, you're a bit more concerned. But the fact that they are not playing their best hockey, that you feel they can put together a better game, I find that almost encouraging because if Bugner and his staff can figure it out and figure out the ways to get the guys to perform at a higher level and put them in situations where they will have a greater chance of succeeding, then the Sharks can re-enter the conversation of being a playoff team in the West. For the time being, they're not because they're middling. They are near 500. They are 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. That is a team right now that has more losses than wins. But if you want to look even bigger picture, it's a team that's averaging a point per game. 17 points, 17 games. But there are 65 games yet to be played for the Sharks this year. That's a lot of time to answer questions. That's a lot of time to figure things out. That's a lot of time for things to go right. It's a lot of time for things to go wrong. And it's a lot of hockey for us to get a better view about what guys are developing into, what guys are or are not living up to expectations, and how the Sharks can continue to get better and get back into that conversation of being one of the competitive teams in the NHL. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to get into some post-game sound. You are on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge-watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Capitals keep it in. Shot by John Carlson. This is wide. 4.55 remaining in the third. It is the Caps 2, the Sharks 0. John Carlson sends for the net. In front, they score. A fluky goal. It hit a body. Is that Connor Sherry over there? No. Yes, it is. It's Connor Sherry on the right side getting his second goal of the game. And it is 3-0 Washington. Yeah, I don't know what the total was. I think the shot clock got broken out there, so I'm not exactly sure what they finished with. But the third one was a tough one, too, to give up. We had a few pucks in our stick, and um, we give it to them, and then a fluky bounce, and it ends up in our net. So, like I said, we didn't give them a ton. Um but they made us pay on the mistakes that we did make. And uh, so I guess yes to feeling good about how we played defensively. Um, but offensively, we got to be hungry around the net. we got to find a way to score goals. I mean, two goals in uh, the last two games, and uh, we really didn't score that many on the, the road trip. So we got to find a way to, uh, to score some more goals. That is a frustrated Logan Couture bringing us back in on Morning Tide, talking about the fact that, yeah, they did do a good job of eliminating the opportunities for the Washington Capitals, but when the Caps saw the Sharks make a mistake, they were there and ready to bury it. On the other side, the Sharks were not able to do the same, and additionally, they were not able to create as many good looks as they otherwise would have wanted to, and the lack of goal scoring is a trend we are seeing as of late that is turning from the short term into the long term. So for the San Jose Sharks right now, it is a matter of finding answers, but one thing that is not going to help is the injury to Jonathan Dolan. He hurt his shoulder, or that's what we're perceiving it as. It was listed as an upper body injury. It happened in the first period. He tried to come back at the start of the second, but it didn't happen. Uh, here's what Bob Bugner had to say. 
Yeah, upper body, and uh, he tried to come back in the second period, and he couldn't. Um, so we're going to have to get it assessed, uh, uh, reassessed here after the game, and no more in the morning. So hopefully by about noon, we will have a greater idea of what's going on with Dolan, if he's going to be out, when he's going to be expected to return. Again, hopefully we'll have a little bit more of an answer on these questions. This is what Logan Couture said about Dolan's injury after the game. Uh, well, he tried it at the start of the second there, and I haven't seen him after. Um, so when someone tries it like that, you, you think it's it's not that, that bad, you know, generally. But um, I'm not exactly sure what it was. I didn't have enough time to talk to him between periods. There. All I knew is he was going to come back and try it. So hopefully that's a good sign. Um, but we, we definitely missed him. And Dolan, much to the surprise of everyone, has been a very bright spot for the Sharks offense this year. And he's been one of the better scoring rookies across the NHL. And he's been a consistent threat. And he's been a good efforting player out there on the ice. And he's been very complimentary to Logan Couture playing out there on the wing as well as with Timo Meyer. And it's, it's a loss right now. I mean, the Sharks are not a super deep team right now. And I know that there are maybe some of you who are thinking that, well, the Sharks should be able to overcome the loss of a rookie. But at the same time, this is a contributing rookie. This is someone that has been a big part of the Sharks' attack up to this point of the season. So you want him back sooner rather than later. On the other side, you have guys who can step in. We've seen guys step in on this Sharks team up to this point of the year. And you need those guys to step in, step up, and perform to the level that they're capable of. I mean, that is... That is what we're looking at with the Sharks right now. We are seeing a consistent level of struggle on the offense, and they need to find a way to break through. Perhaps there is no greater example than what is going on with Nick Bonino right now. Bob Bugner. You know, not only did he miss the one on the back door, but he also is the guy that set Cooch up on that empty net, basically in front. So, yeah, he has terrible puck clock right now. And, you know, you got to you got to figure it's going to turn for him. Um, he, he's, he's getting a lot of opportunities, and that's a good thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, everybody feels for him. And, and, you know, you can see he's got a lot of pressure on himself, and he puts a lot of pressure on himself to help the team out. But, uh, you know, I've said all along he's doing some great things uh, uh, in other areas. It's just to be nice to see him being rewarded. And it's going to help our team when it starts going in for him because, uh, as I just said, we desperately need some, um, you know, some production from that bottom six. And, uh, um you know, it's tough, tough to win games when you're when you're not scoring goals. Yeah, Couture on Benino. Yeah, I mean, I apologize to him. Uh, he gave me that great pass in the second, and uh, I got a score. Um, you know, Eric made a great pass to him in the second as well. It just goes off a stick, and when you're going through it, man, it seems like it's never going to end. So uh, stick with it. It's going to get a bounce here soon. You feel like the dam is going to burst at some point for Benino, who has been a consistent performer over the course of his NHL career, and no one's doubting his effort, and no one is doubting his ability. It's just frustrating, and I think that obviously everyone expected more from him up to this point, and I'm sure no one expects more than Benino himself, who offered this. Personally? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, watch the second period. I just have no answer why it won't go in, to be honest. And I imagine that's got to be extremely frustrating for Benino, and I do admit that it's not what we expected of him. We expected Benino to be a reliable, consistent performer, game in, game out, be the type of guy who was something you could rely on. It is an aberration, or it is outside the norm, that he has not been a consistent performer up to this point, and I do think that will change, and I do think that will lead to more overall chance creation for the entirety of the Sharks, because Benino is one of those veteran-type players that you can rely on to have a consistent level of performance. So when that trend reverses itself, as I assume it will, I think you are going to see more from him and more from other guys that play with him because I think there's a relative tightness with his game right now. I don't think he's over-gripping, but I definitely think there is a little bit of a 
Well, doubt may have crept in, and that happens with guys whenever they're struggling. They start second-guessing, they start overthinking. That's a part of being a professional, and I imagine he will be able to come up with some good performances going forward. Here's a little bit more from Bob Bugner after the loss, talking about the goals they gave up. Uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, um, the frustrating part with Ovi's, you know, it was an empty net the last one, so um, it is what it is. But uh, the, the frustrating part on that uh, that goal, obviously he scored hundreds from that position, and we talked about it, and uh, uh, we didn't write, didn't uh, didn't run the uh, quite the right uh, route on that and take that away. And that was disappointing. It's something we worked on and talked about all day, but. Uh, um, you know, you never, uh, he, this guy scores every night, it seems, so uh, you got to limit his chances. Um, you know, Connor Sheary, you know, he's, he's been a good player for him, and uh, he got some bounces and he buried it, and, you know, and that's, you know, good teams, are, they're, they're getting some production from their bottom six, and, uh, um, you know, and, and it's been a while um, since we've got that, and it's uh, that's got to be something that we find out and we figure out because, uh, um, you know, you can't depend on the same couple guys every night. You can't depend on the same guys every night. You can't expect to win games one to nothing. There is a lot of obvious issues with the San Jose Sharks right now, and you're looking for those obvious solutions. And that would obviously be for a Benino to break through, a Carlson to play to his level. It doesn't feel that far off for the San Jose Sharks right now, and it doesn't feel like they are some abysmal bad team. They are just not good enough. And I know that's a situation we talked about a lot the last two years where this team was just good enough to lose. And I I think that that's more of a situation where they were in it until they would make the mistakes that would allow them to collapse. This Sharks team this year, they're not making those critical mistakes the same way. They are not seeing soft goals being given up. They are not just, you know, kind of tripping over themselves and shooting themselves in the foot as often. But I think there is a very clear talent disparity when you go against some of these upper echelon teams. And that's how it used to be for the San Jose Sharks. That's the other end of the spectrum that the Sharks used to be on where it was like, okay, this team is not as good as us. Eventually, the battle is going to be won. And the Sharks this year, to their credit, are doing a very good job against most teams. Again, I don't look at last night's game and think they got skated off the ice. I think they were simply in it and... Washington found the ways to break through because they are a better team. It is not something that's going to leave me with hot takes. It's not going to leave a bad taste in my mouth. It's not going to have me just raging and roaring here and doing the sports talk thing. Like, no, it was obvious the Caps were better last night. They were able to take advantage of some mistakes. The Sharks weren't able to do the same because they are not as good. And that leads you to a 4 nothing defeat. Now, the longer-term trends of the offense struggling and the power play taking a downturn, yeah, that is a little bit more concerning. However, if it were happening to worse teams in the NHL, you wouldn't feel it the same way. This is Washington. They're pretty good, and they're getting healthy. They're getting right, and it happened to be occurring against the San Jose Sharks. It's not ideal, obviously, but it's what you deal with. You play with the games that you have on the schedule. One positive point out of last night was the play of Noah Gregor, who I thought played a nice effort-filled game. Let's see what Bob Bugner had to say. Yeah, I thought Noah was one of our best forwards. I thought he added some speed and grit, and uh, you know that's how Noah's got to play uh, on a consistent basis because he can help us if he plays that way. Bugner also talked about Gregor a little bit uh, after morning skate yesterday and said that he didn't steal a spot or grab a spot during training camp, but. 
I think we all know that there is potential there with Gregor, and you like seeing it, and I thought that he played a good game last night. Again, you're looking for positives out of last night. It's Noah Gregor getting that opportunity and playing an aggressive game that gave you something to look at. There's there's potential there. There's hope. There's something you can build on. And Aiden Hill also, who'd been relatively inconsistent, I thought he had a good performance. Here's Bob. Um, you know what? I think he's uh, he struggled at times. He's been really good at times. Maybe just a little bit inconsistent. I think he uh, he understands that. He's been around for a while, and uh, yeah, it's tough. You, you need you need a you need a save early, but uh, you know he battled through the game, and you know you can't blame goaltending when you don't score a goal. So um, it's pretty simple. Yeah, he is not wrong. The Sharks need to score. The Sharks need to be better. They need to do a lot of things right now, and they'll get another opportunity on Monday night. Maybe that's what the Sharks need right now is no breaks in the schedule. This kind of every other type of play that they're going to have because they played Saturday night, they got Monday, they got Wednesday, they got Friday, they're back out on the road on Sunday. Maybe that's exactly what they need right now to find that consistency that has been elusive up to this point of the year. Just some consistent scheduling without a lot of gaps and just kind of get them out on the road. And, you know, we heard about it earlier. There was some good bonding that was happening out on the road for the team, and that's exactly what you want to have happen. But this team, for the time being, is a 500 team until they prove us otherwise, right? That's what we saw at the start of the year when we were looking at the roster. That's what we saw at the best of last year was that they were a 500 team. Now, they can be better. I don't really think they're going to be that much worse, so I think that's something relative to be happy about, if you want to call it that. But it seems like this is a team that is a 500 team with some upside, and that upside might land them in the postseason. However, they have not consistently found that upside, and that's going to take a bit. It takes a bit for every team, and I think that you have some younger players, you have some new players, you've got better goaltending than you did last year, and that's a big step forward. And for the most part, you're seeing the Sharks playing a cleaner and more disciplined and a more, well, a style that allows for more opportunities for them to succeed. I think that's the big takeaway versus last year. They got away from their game a lot. They're much more consistent with sticking with their game this year. You just hope that it leads to more success. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will see you all on Tuesday morning after the game against Carolina. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.